Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good morning, everyone. I hope you all are awake and ready to hear the Word of God and excited to meet the Lord in the Eucharist. Today's Gospel is a very... um, As I was meditating on it and I was really trying to think about this miracle in particular, of course the natural easy thing to talk about is division, unity, a kingdom divided against itself, because that's usually what this Gospel brings, you know? But I think the thing that I really want to focus on is first off the condition of this man who is healed and secondly the condition of the people who criticized the miracle that was done. First the condition of the man and the condition of the people who are criticizing the miracle. So first off I want us to think about what it must have been like for this man who was demon-possessed, blind, mute. Normally we would say, okay, blind, that's enough for a person. Mute, okay, that's a little bit more intense. But then you add demon possession. Like how did this person get to this state? How did this person find himself blind, mute, and demon possessed? And then the secondary question that we have to ask ourselves is, the people who brought him, were they not freaked out by this guy? Like the people who literally came and said, like, I don't know about you guys, but when you encounter a person who's demon-possessed, it's not a pleasantry. Like, I've encountered people who are demon-possessed in Africa, and it's not a, like, a pleasant sight. It's hard to hold them. It's hard to control them. It's hard to... So who are these people that they brought this man to the Lord? And what method did they do so? And why was it so urgent for them for them to bring this guy who is blind, again, mute, and demon-possessed. This person is an outcast in society. In all sense of the word, this person should be ostracized, left alone, and nobody should come anywhere near this person. Correct? Correct? You guys awake or asleep? Correct? I need some nods. Correct? In every sense of the word, this guy should be outcasted. So I was thinking about the one who brought to him, the ones who brought this guy to him. What was their heart like? How did they view the condition of this man? Did they see this man with hopelessness or did they see this man as the one who is able to have hope if we bring him to the hope of the hopeless? Isn't that what we just say in the litany of the gospel? We say, you are the hope of the hopeless, the help of the helpless. You are the rest for the weary. You are the life of us all, the salvation of us all, the hope of us all, the healing of us all. We say all these things as if they're just pleasantries that we're saying about this to the Lord. But let me ask you a condition. If there was a blind, mute, and demon-possessed person in your community, would you be the person to bring him to the Lord? Or would you just say, it ain't my problem? There are many people in our current climate that are blind, that are mute, that are demon-possessed. 
Maybe not that we see with our own eyes, but there is a spiritual blindness. There is a muteness in our communities. There is demon possession amongst our people. And many of us, we think that it's not our problem. We think that it's not our role to bring people to the healing presence of the Lord. But this person was brave. This person is a brave, whoever this person was, whoever these people were, brave, and they had so much faith in the healing presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I wonder to myself, what this man must have felt about himself. I'm forgotten. Nobody cares about me. Maybe the reason why he became demon-possessed is he went to a magician to try to find healing. Maybe it was out of desperation that he tried to do everything in his power. You know, people, when you go to Africa and you find out how they became demon-possessed or how they started to play with black magic and all these different things, it was through them trying to find healing. So maybe this person was in a condition of hopelessness. And as I think what it must have been like for him to be blind for so long, to never see the light, to not be able to express himself, to not be able to find hope in anything. He's in a desperate place. But look what happens. Look what happens. And he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Naturally, all of us, if we were to see something miraculous like this happen, we'd be amazed. But there is something that happens every single day in our own lives, which is the miracle of people who are lost and become found. The miracle of those who are living in spiritual blindness and darkness, and once they encounter the healing presence of the Lord, they become changed forever. They become changed forever. Their lives are never the same. Are we amazed by the works of repentance that we see in our communities? Are we amazed by people who, that kid who was so far off and then came back, are we a church who's welcoming and opening our arms to that person who is far? Or are we the church that are like the next group of people? The haters, the naysayers, the ones that always have something negative to say. You just saw something miraculous happen. And what do you do? You criticize it. You say, ah, he did it by demons, by Beelzebub. Oh, he did it out of, you know, he was using darkness to be able to do something of light. How blind do you have to be in order to criticize something so miraculous like this? Where are your eyes? And then I think to myself, what about me? What about my own blindness at times? What about my own hindrance of seeing people that are coming back to the church? And maybe I doubt it. Maybe I criticize it. Maybe I think they're doing it for false pretense to like make themselves appear that there's something. How many of us, when somebody comes back, do our eyes focus on that which is bad or that which is good? How many of us, when there are miraculous things that are happening with our community. Are we the first people to criticize? Or are we the first people to encourage? The work of the Holy Spirit is what? Encouragement, the comfort, life-giving. The work of the devil is what? Division, 
criticism, discouragement. Ask yourself, ask yourself, as you are attending this church, of course you can see things that, you, that I will do that you will dislike, but you don't see the whole picture. Of course you'll see things that many of the parishioners of our church, you'll see that they do wrong, but you don't see the whole picture. You don't see even the half of it. What you see with your eyes, there's a whole story that's behind what you see. When you look at these icons, what do you see? If you don't understand the story, that's just a picture. But there is a, a narrative behind every picture. There's a story that's being written through that icon to tell the work that is being done through the lives of these saints. There's so much that we don't see that oftentimes, if our eyes lead us down the path of criticism, then we'll just get stuck in that same narrative of criticism all the time and we'll be like the Pharisees. You know, the people that the Lord criticized the most in the scriptures weren't sinful people. They were church people. They were the religious. They were the ones that practiced the outward appearance of godliness, but their hearts were far away from God. James says something very beautiful in his epistle. He says, you believe in God, you do well. Good job, you believe in God. But even demons believe and tremble. Even demons believe and tremble at the presence of the Lord Christ. So good job, you come to church on Sunday. Well done. But do you believe? Good job, you come and you pray and you offer up your heart to the Lord. But do you have the lens and the eyes of Christ? Do you have the eyes of this first character who sees the potential in this guy who's demon-possessed, blind, and mute, and are willing to bring this person to the Lord for healing? Or is your eye critical? Or do you see this person as hopeless? Or do you see this person as somebody who has nothing to offer? See, the beautiful thing about the Lord is he always sees the potential of everyone. He always sees where a person can be versus where they are. And that's why the first thing that we have in our church is Christ on the cross with arms open and we have the bosom of the Father welcoming every single person into our church. This is not just a, a, a fancy thing that we do in our church. We open up the bosom of the Father to every single person who's weary, every single person who's broken, every single person who's blind, demon-possessed, mute, every single person who's going through hard times today. His arms are open to you. His healing presence is available to you. And how much more, if we know how much that is available to me, how much more should we welcome others to that? What's our role in being lights of this world? What's our role in being like these people who brought this person to Christ? My challenge to every single one of us, me first and foremost, honestly, is am I a Pharisee? Or am I a person who believes in the healing presence of Christ? Am I a critic or am I an encourager? Am I someone who thinks that the hopeless are hopeless? Or am I someone who believes that the hopeless can become saints? Look at this whole side of the church here. These are all hopeless characters. Hopeless characters. Samaritan woman, everybody had given up on her. Zacchaeus, tax collector, forget about him. St. Moses the Strong, a murderer, a thief, forget about him. St. Mary of Egypt, a prostitute. All of these saints tell stories of the work that God can do in the most broken of broken people. 
What about us? It requires an acknowledgement of our own brokenness first and foremost. I can't be healed if I don't know that I'm sick. If a patient comes to me and I say to him, hey, come, and I want to heal you, and you say, actually, I'm good. I can't heal you. I can't help you. So every single one of us in our hearts, we need to say, Lord, I'm sick. I'm in need of healing. And Lord, give me eyes to see the world around you with your eyes. Give me grace to encourage people around me. And Lord, if I want to move in the direction of judgment and criticism, stop me dead in my tracks. Stop me dead in my tracks and allow me to know there is a whole story behind this story that I don't know about. So it's better for me not to judge. Because the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. In the same manner you judge, you will be judged. So be careful. Be careful. Be careful to criticize. Be careful. Because the last thing that we want to be is a church of judgmental people. You know, St. Moses the Strong, I'll finish with this story. We all know this, a famous story. There are a bunch of monks who had a lot to criticize about one of their fellow monks who was caught doing something very evil. So they said, St. Moses, come judge. Come judge this fellow monk of yours who requires judgment. He's done something wrong. So what does St. Moses do? He grabs a whole bag of sand and he pokes a hole in it. And then he walks to where they're judging their fellow monk. And when he arrives, they say, St. Moses, are you ready? Are you ready, Abba Moses, to judge? And he says, my whole trail of sin is behind me. Who am I to judge this man? He left this trail of sand behind him as an image to his fellow monks, do not judge. So my brothers and sisters, please today, come to the hope for the hopeless. Come to the help for the helpless. Come to the life of us all, the salvation of us all, the healing of us all, that we'd be healed of our critical eyes, that we'd be healed of our judgment, that we'd be healed of our brokenness in him. We can't do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. May God give you grace this day and every day. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.